Fellow American patriots, I am bringing this podcast to you, even though it's not on Freedom Friday, because I feel that the importance, the relevance, and the timing of it just cannot wait. As we all know, there was a presidential election held a little over a week ago, and we had what I term as voter feed, which happened somewhere around 10.30 in the evening on election night. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But I want to start off by saying that both sides, Republicans and Democrats, all contend that they want all legal votes to count. And I just believe that we need to define what we use when we say the words legal votes. In my opinion, it's becoming more and more apparent that there is a massive voter fraud that has taken place during this election. And this voter fraud is being done on two different fronts. Front number one is going to be those that cast their ballot in person with an election machine. And the second part of it being those that sent in mail-in ballots. Now, I don't think it's any big mystery to everybody that for the last four years, there has been a concerted effort by George Soros, by our mainstream media, by the Democrat Party, to try to delegitimize President Trump and also to make sure that he was not reelected. President Trump has used his time in office to make America great again, to make our trade deals with other countries more fair for the American people, to stop the illegal flow of immigration into our country, to cut down on dependency of drugs to our citizens. He has also given promise for better jobs and higher wages to all aspects of our society, be it color, race, creed, age. And guess what? The so-called swamp or the establishment, they don't like that direction. And they have fought this president every step of the way for four years. So why do we not find it so surprising that when all else failed, they were going to make sure that in this election, President Trump was not going to get reelected? I mean, give me a break. Everybody, everybody witnessed the campaign that Joe Biden put up this year. Spending most of the time in his basement away from any form of media. And then when it came to the media, which I think was like five interviewing sessions, he was never once questioned about his past 47 years, his ties to racism, his inability to pass things, his being on the wrong side of of international crises. Frankly, he was never given a hard question to answer. He didn't even campaign. And yet, he received more votes from what we're being led to believe than anybody ever But then after the dust settled a little bit and we started looking at these statistical data, what we're seeing are irregularities that just don't seem to add up. I mean, we could take it on the face value that the, the Democrat Party actually lost substantial seats in the House of Representatives and that the Republicans had to defend two to one the number of senators for re-election and didn't lose a one. And yet somehow... When it came to voting for the president, in overwhelming, unprecedented numbers, Joe Biden was 
on top. And some of those irregularities talk about where these votes were cast. And we're not talking about states like California, Oregon, Washington. I mean, we, I, we get it. They were never going to vote for Trump anyway. But when we started getting into the swing states, interesting things started happening. Coincidentally, in the heavily concentrated blue inner cities of some of these swing states, voting percentages that have never been seen from anyone living today came out of the woodwork. Now, don't get me wrong. These places were averaging 65, 70, 60 to 65 percent when Obama was running for office. And yet with Joe Biden, we're talking 85 to 95 percent of those on voter registrations came out to vote. Interesting. We see where we had the, the highest number of not only those that had to sign up to be a voter, but those over the age of 90, over the age of 90, seemed to come out of the woodwork. They were all Democrats, and guess what? They all voted for Biden. But let's go back to saying how many legal votes were actually cast, because that's what we want to make sure that our American public is made aware of. And I want to point out and stress that there is no media outlet or person that can certify this election. This can only be done by the electors in the states, and that is normally done in the month of December. Now let's first talk about the voting where people went by live ballot. Because there's a ballot company, these election ballot machine company, called Dominion. And Dominion is currently located in 27 states. It also doesn't take much effort to find out that the Dominion Company is a foreign company that has close ties to China as well as Venezuela. With a little more effort, you can find out that the software that's currently being administered in these machines was developed in Venezuela by a company called Smartmatic. And Smartmatic was a Venezuelan-owned company, that would be Chavez, and at this point, as of today, there are actually two allies that are on the board that still own Smartmatic. The first ally is actually the chairman, and that chairman is a close business associate with George Soros. The other gentleman by the name of Peter Neffinger, and Peter Neffinger is on the board of Smartmatic, but he also happened to show up as a name on Joe Biden's transition team. Interesting, isn't it? Now, this Smartmatic software was actually banned in the United States about 10 years ago. And it was banned because it was originally developed so that real-time monitoring of the votes being cast could be done. And actually, the voting of it via a backdoor could be manipulated. But Smartmatic now coming through as a subcontractor, got into cahoots with Dominion. And I might add, is also the software that is being used in other election balloting machines throughout our country. Now, we talked about a backdoor on these voting machines, and that backdoor allows votes to be viewed and monitored 
by what they refer to in their manual as an intervening party. And we're now receiving more and more affidavits showing that this intervening party, which could have been through Germany or Venezuela, we're not sure, because all the information that goes into these ballot machines gets shipped off to Smartmatic as the software provider. But it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this real-time viewing of what's taking place can determine how many additional votes might be needed to gain an advantage of one candidate over another. And don't get me wrong, this Smartmatic software has been used in South American countries for a number of years to help sway elections, which is why it was banned in the United States, because it set itself up for potential fraud. But how did this fraud take place? One way, which by the way has been found and, and is now under testimony, that an unusual patch was entered uh, into the system while it was actually counting votes. And that can be done by inserting a thumb drive into a master accumulation machine, or it can be done through the internet, because these voting machines are able to be remotely accessed from anywhere. Therefore, it is certainly plausible that it doesn't appear that any election fraud was taking place by our election officials, because it was being done in a faraway country, most likely, and nobody knew what was happening. We're beginning to see proof that there was an algorithm that could be loaded into these machines uh, that they could uh, change different fields of how they accepted uh, the ballots as they were being put in. And some of them could be discounting signature votes. It could be cataloging one, one candidate over another. The way it was kind of described was that if they wanted to, if they needed it, they could take people that had Trump votes, put it into basically a uh, separate file within the machine that accumulates, and then delete the file. Deleting the file which would show no evidence that anything had happened. When you take a look up in Michigan, as, an, as one example, there were two voting dumps, electronic vote dumps, that happened in the middle of the night. And interestingly enough, both of those dumps had exactly a 67% Biden, 23% Trump voter result. Coincidental or further proof that the algorithm was being utilized? Now, I know you're going to say, yeah, this is just a crackpot theorist kind of a thing going on there. But let me tell you, look it up. There are some Democrats who over the last couple of years... They complained. They complained at how corrupt this software was. Names such as Carolyn Maloney, Elizabeth Warren, and Amy Klobuchar. Hmm, I wonder why they're not speaking up right about now. So somewhere around 10.30 at night on election night, we had at least six inner city cities in swing states that stopped counting. Why? We're not sure. It's unprecedented. But it was all around the same time, which is interesting. And these cities were Atlanta, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Phoenix, and Milwaukee. 
Now, isn't it coincidental that in all of these cities that shut down mysteriously, all of them had Trump with a very, very comfortable lead at that time? In fact, Trump was trending in a positive factor, and it just wasn't quite going the way perhaps the Biden team was thinking it should be going. And yet somehow, miraculously, when the voting started again, every single one of these cities started trending with Biden votes on a percentage level that was extremely high and not what was trending earlier in the day. And I don't mean just, just trending by, by what was coming through machines. I mean, I, I get it. We were, we were kind of told that the, the Democrats should do as much of this mail-in voting as possible. So it was expected that at the end of the night that a lot of those votes coming in were going to be a little more favored on behalf of Biden versus Trump. But don't get me wrong. It's not like they expected the people that voted earlier in the day in Philadelphia, as an example, uh, were going to vote any differently to, to Trump versus Biden than if they sent in a mail-in ballot. What I am saying is that by the time they stopped counting, these this was 10, 10.30 at night, okay? So we're now counting the, 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 the mail-in ballots as well. When they stopped counting, instead of having 60 or 70% going uh, for Biden, once they recounted, they started having 90, 95% going to Biden. So the, the whole complexion changed. And it wasn't just Philadelphia. I mean, this is all those, all those cities. <laughs> Coincidental. And by the time the dust settled, guess what? All those comfortable trending leads that Trump had vanished. The mere fact that you had this number of cities all coincidentally stopping the counting at about the same time shows that this clearly was a planned event. And it was a planned event in the event they saw at, at a certain time, apparently around 1030, that Biden was going to lose the election. So let's talk a little bit about the actual manual ballots that were being counted at the same time. Now, about the only way that a mail-in ballot can be legitimized, validated, is by the envelope that it comes in, because that's where you're going to see signature verifications. You're going to see the date stamp on it. All right. Now, once that outer envelope is gone, it's almost impossible to legitimize it. And as a side note, in just about every state, maybe all of them, if the envelope is not inspected or observed, by both sides as it's being opened, that ballot in the past has been rejected. So suddenly all that balloting counting had been stopped both electronically by machines but also by the actual mail-in ballots. And when they started again, guess what? Those same cities. There was trouble because they weren't allowing the Republicans to be observing at least not from a distance that would be considered legitimate. So when you take a state like Pennsylvania, guess what? They've counted approximately 632,000 of these votes by the time the Republican observers were able to go through the court system to try to get things done so they could be within 10 feet of what was going on. 632,000 votes. Guess what? 
That's about 300,000 more than they needed to, for Trump to win. Most of those in Pennsylvania, by the way, were done in Philadelphia. And what about the four witnesses with affidavits out of Detroit, Michigan, which talk about the approximately 100,000 ballots that were brought in about 4.30 in the morning. And guess what? Every single one of them were for Biden. And in addition, Biden was the only candidate that was on the whole ballot sheet that was filled in. No other candidate, Republican or Democrat. Now, do you think that's suspicious? And frankly, had it been legitimate, how come the observers weren't allowed to see it when it was happening? And we already know about the two computer glitches that happened in Georgia and Michigan. And I might add once again, coincidentally, those glitches only seem to go in Biden's favor. Then it makes sense that since the software is the same in about 30 states, that maybe some of these same glitches occurred in those states as well? And why is it that there is no network, zero, Fox maybe just a little, which is following any of these stories? And when you go on to social media, those that try to post out some of these stories, they're being censored and nobody can read about them. Because the Facebook and Twitter gods up there are saying that these are conspiracy theories. And aren't you also getting a little tired of seeing these, these stupid commercials coming on television showing candidates in past years that have conceded and how we all must get along with the election results, that they're fair and that they're American and, and, and that's what we do in our country. And of course... In the major news networks, we're seeing election officials with stories that are saying, no evidence of fraud. You know, he's just making these things up. There's no proof. I don't know about you, but isn't that like talking to the fox that's guarding the hen house? There is also evidence that's been gathered that some of the election officials are giving kickbacks to be able to use those Dominion machines. And we're talking evidence such as substantial monies to family members of state officials. Where is this evidence everyone's saying? Where is it? I'm telling you right here, right now. We need to sit tight a little bit longer. I, for one, believe in the American system. And I believe that a transfer of power should be done peacefully and as part of our patriotic duty. Not that the Democrats did it for the last four years. But I just think there's way too much out there. The irregularities, the things that don't make sense, the voter fading happening uh, under secrecy, or the, the cloak of midnight and for, in front of Democrats only, and only in those cities where that could take place. There's just too much. And I think that it needs to be explored legally, and quickly. And one of two things will happen. One, we'll find out that maybe there was some fraud, as perhaps there always is, is what we're being told, but certainly not enough on a widespread basis to alter an election result. Or number two, that maybe with all these hundreds and hundreds of affidavits coming in, that there just might be something to it. That the backdoor channeling, 
it changes at 4.30 in the morning, maybe there is something to it. And if that's the case, I'm not sure where it'll lead, but I think everybody on both sides should be prepared for one of those two results. And as Americans, we will support the findings. Stay vigil, my fellow conservative voters. We are not part of a mob rule society. And I think when it comes down to it, we will find strength by knowledge and we will find truth by law. Thank you for taking part in my midweek podcast. I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.